and welcome to a new episode of the Tess Talks and Sometimes Listens podcast. If you listened to the last episode, you will notice that it was a little different than anything I had done before as I just decided to record alone and sort of complain about my life and and talk through some stuff aloud. And that was a really interesting experience. It's possible that I will do something like that again. However, we are back to having a beautiful, brilliant, talented guest on the show today. I'm very excited to welcome her. I have known her for years, um, and we will be going back to guests from now on and for the foreseeable future. Uh, The point of the show is to uh, share a platform to highlight some of the amazing people that I know, and this person really, really lives up to that. Uh, I have on the show today my dear friend, Abby, and she and I have known each other for years but have reconnected recently. Um, She is a performer and an actor, and she's a brilliantly talented one at that, but more so, she is a real honest human being who has this talent of sharing in a very truthful and raw way. And so I would love to welcome Abby Kachaver today to talk about self-care and mental health. Abby, welcome aboard. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Thank you for being here. I'm very excited about this. How are you feeling? How how are you feeling today? Oh, I am doing really well today. Today was, it was a good day. Um, I work so many jobs. I have four jobs. Um, and I worked two of them. One of them, I work from home. The other one, one is Starbucks. So I did Starbucks, came home, worked from home. And then I did some dialect coaching for an upcoming show that I'm doing. And then, um, now I'm doing this podcast that I'm so excited. It was like a nice, a nice day with like a good balance of work and play and I'm home alone. So I'm getting good alone time, which Uh, is always good. Yes. Yes. Good. Yeah. I should um, note that we are, we're recording this. It's 10 p.m. right now. <laughs> so we are going for the late night recording on this one. Um, but that's that's how I think both you and I function is we're really busy people. We work all the jobs. We do all the things. And so it's like, yeah, of course I can record a podcast at 10 p.m. That fits great. <laughs> well, exactly. It's like, um, okay, so I have 24 hours in the day And according to science, I only need X number of hours of sleep, which means that if I wake up by this time, I can get ready in five minutes, and then I have X number of hours in the day, and I absolutely can, if needed, pack them with all of those things. And I've gotten to the point now where, like, I'll wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning to be at Starbucks by 5, but that's turned into, like, well, I know that I need to leave my house by 445 so if I wake up at 4.30 and I lay out my outfit the night before, <laughs> there you go. then I can quickly throw that on because theater teaches you how to do a quick change. <laughs> so you throw on the outfit, brush the teeth, like wash the face, and then leave. Yep, yep. <laughs> and you're I, like, mm, boom, a I, sensible 15-minute routine. <laughs> sensible 15-minute routine. Exactly. And then you get home and you're like, well... I've done everything I need to do for the day, and I'm still running on that adrenaline. So, yeah, it's 10 p.m., but let's record a podcast. Let's do it. No, okay, so I I think that being a busy person 
it is it fits really well for my personality. I am if if I have nothing to do and you ask me to get like one thing done, that is an impossible ask. But if I'm doing 99 things and you're like, "Hey, can you handle this 100th thing?" I'm like, "Definitely. I'm a badass. I'm doing 99 things." Like, did you yes. do you know what I mean? No, exactly. My mom always says that I'm burning the candle at both ends. Mm-hmm. And I remember at one point, like, she was, she was, she says it with like a negative connotation, right? Like okay. we all, we all hear about that, like, oh, you're burning the candle at both ends or whatever. Yeah. And I told her at one point, I was like, yeah, but I have twice the light. Oh, I love that so much. I was like, <laughs> That's I was like it's going to run out a lot faster, but. <laughs> It's going to be pretty freaking cool when it does, like, imagine. I think Um, that's great. Well, it is, there is something to be said for finding the balance between busyness and rest. And I am definitely not a prime example of someone who knows how to do that. (laughs) Oh, I won't lie. I'm, I'm not either in the way that, like, every once in a while I get on this, like, kick of being, like, okay, I have so much on my plate. I'm going to get really, really organized. But then when I'm really, really organized, I realize that I actually have more time to do things. So then I become more busy. Yes, yes, yes. I, uh (laughs) uh-huh. Yeah, like planners, planners and I can't be in the same room together because if I can like lay everything out minute by minute, I'm like, look at all the time that's being wasted in my day where I could be (laughs) getting like something else done. And it's like, no, yeah, surprise, I, the human body needs rest. It's true. Mm, it's true. Yeah, I, um, we were, we were chatting before, before we hit record, I was sharing, um, with you that I have to get up at four o'clock in the morning tomorrow. <laughs> and I have just like decided that it's still okay to work tonight, come home, shove some food in my face, and then like, sit down and record a podcast with you until 11 and then be up at four. So those days happen too, where it's like, that's not, that's probably honestly not a healthy thing. That is not something that I should do just because I'm capable of it. Um, but that's, that's how I was able to fit things in this week. So I, I don't, is there a better way to do this? I mean, if there is, I'm sure that someone has figured it out. (laughs) And if they would like to, like, corner that market and let us know, that would be yeah, great. Yeah, it's not um, We don't have it figured out yet, but... No, but, but we're, we're working on it. And that's okay, because it's all a process, and it's yes. all a journey, and I love saying that. Like, it's the process of figuring it out. And it's like, true. Like, especially with with people like us who, who really like busy lives. Mm-hmm. And I'm not necessarily an extrovert, but I'm... I like being busy. I like having things to do to like fill my time because I feel like I know myself better when I'm doing stuff. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like a lot of, a lot of my life I heard from my parents, like, well, make sure you have time to just be with yourself and like be alone with your thoughts kind of thing. Okay. And I feel like I'm actually better at being introspective when I'm doing something like when I'm physically not home and alone I'm able to like kind of think through things and like process information better and of course that's going to be different for everybody like I do know friends of mine who 
are, I'm very, very, very close with. And sometimes they will literally just shut themselves off for the rest of the world for like a week. Oh, wow. And you're like, oh, are you okay? And they're like, yeah, I just had to work through some stuff. And I just needed to be alone for a little bit. And they'll like still go to work and like do the things that they need to do. Mm-hmm. They're just quiet and they don't talk to anybody and they just have to have their alone time. Right. And I'm just the complete opposite of that. Like when I need to work through stuff, I need to like go to the gym and I need to mm-hmm. pick up a shift and I need to like plan things. And by the time I'm done doing all of the extra things, I'm usually done working through the problem too. It's like, there's the, the action of working through something physically in real life helps the process of working through stuff in my brain. That's but, like great. that's come from, that like realization came from years of me having absolutely no idea how to work through my problems in my brain and how to work through like difficult times and depression and anxiety and like kind of finding the core of that because I wasn't taught that that was like a normal part of life. I just thought that that was, you know, quote unquote bad. It was like, Oh, you're depressed. That's bad. You're you're anxious. That's bad. And it's like, no, that's just part of life. It's just part of life. Yeah, and, and you just have to be able to figure out for yourself how to work through it, so. Well, I think it's great. I think the the journey is just learning yourself and then honoring yourself. And whatever, like, there are no wrong answers to what that is. Like, if you, mm-hmm. if you're working through something means picking up shifts and going to the gym instead of, like, you know, meditating and journaling, like, who's to say that that's not the right way for you to, to approach it? Mm-hmm. Huh. Exactly. And like, I've been in therapy for years and years and years and, and I've had really good therapists and really not so great therapists. And okay. I remember one, one who I was particularly incompatible with. Um, we got through a full session. Okay. And she goes, well, so have you done any like journaling about it? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, <laughs> okay, well, maybe you should do more of that. Oh. And I was like, okay, um, <laughs> do you have anything more concrete right. for me? Like, because I just went through the whole spiel where you said nothing yeah. and gave me no interaction, and then we're like, go home and journal about it. And I was right. like, then why am I paying Exa- I was just going to say, like, <laughs> the journal would do a better job at giving, yeah, like, giving me feedback. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, thank you um, for that valuable insight, and also, don't think I'm going to come back to this particular office. Thank you so much. Totally fair. Totally fair. Yeah. See, I I am a journaler. I am a journaler. <laughs> That's totally not a word. I don't think um, it is now. Because <laughs> I can't. I can't. Because <laughs> I can't say journalist. That's <laughs> different. Anyway. I am like, a, a career path. Yeah, like I am I'm pro journal for sure. I always have been. Um but I use my journal. I I don't really know it cuz I don't I don't talk about what I write in my journal really, but I What am I trying to say? If somebody that I'm close with that I've written about in my journal read my journal, they have no idea how I actually feel about them. Like what I write down is not how I feel. <laughs> what I write down is like my weird little process to figure out how I feel, you know? Yes. And I might just like 
open my journal and write, like, I don't write mean things, but, you know, I, I might just, I might just write, like, fuck, 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 like, all over the whole page. And that's, like, it doesn't have anything to do with who I saw that day or anything. Like, it is not a real reflection of what's going on in my head or in my heart. It's just, like, a creative tool that is sometimes helpful in figuring out what's going on, you know? Yes, absolutely. And I think, like, like journaling has kind of transformed into kind of, like, posting on social media. Sure. So it's so funny, like, you say you're like, that's not my true thoughts, it's not my true whatever, and it's like, yeah, what you write down is usually... It's like a spurred on by an emotional thing. Like you, something happens, excuse me, something happens, you have an emotional reaction, you have to do something to deal with the emotional reaction. And if journaling is your thing, then anything you write down is going to come strictly out of the emotional response. Right, right. And it's like, so like if I had said to you at one, if I had said something terrible to you and you were like, offended or like really hurt by it or really angry at me for it you would go right down exactly what you thought of me in that moment which is not like yeah which is not truth necessarily it's just the moment the reactionary moment it's a truth in that moment but it's not the truth right it's like part of the process of getting to like the realization of like oh is this person right for my life or is this situation right for my life or whatever and it's like as your emotions kind of guide you they're kind of like um like bumpers on a bowling alley okay yeah like when you're bowling and you're learning how to bowl they have the little bumpers up and it's like you get you bump into the wall and you're like oh oh that's not right that's not right that's not right redirect yeah, it's just a redirection. It just, like, makes sure that you're on the right path that's right for you. And it's so funny because, like, there's so much negative connotation with being reactionary to your emotions. Yeah, that's but, true. like, that's just, that's what the human nature is. <laughs> it happens. It happens. That's why emotions, you know, exist. And I do think, um, my, my sister-in-law actually one time told me something that was really, really important. And it was... When I was in the middle of a terrible breakup and life was rough at that point and, uh, you know, I was super sad and heartbroken and, like, really upset that everything was going down the way it was going down and just kind of expressing, like, oh, but should I really be doing this? Like, you know, what's going on? Like, I was I was second-guessing my choice to end that relationship and, um, mm-hmm. and, and she said... Your emotions are important, but they're not always your friends. <laughs> they are. Yeah. Like, you need to listen to them, and you need to honor them, and you need to know them, and you need to understand that they're fluid, and they change, and, you know, you you knew that this was the right thing, and now you're second-guessing yourself, and so, okay, like, feel that emotion, but it's not always your friend, and you have to have, the like, the logical side sometimes to, uh has to come into play to combat that when when like big waves come oh exactly and that's like that's a perfect example like when I went through my my big breakup my big dramatic terrible breakup yeah like 
I was completely apathetic before it happened. Like I had just lost the emotion for the relationship, which was part of me realizing like, oh, very toxic. We got to get out of here. Right. But then of course the, the breakup happens and you have some, and you, the emotions came back and I was, you know, the first thought was, oh, well maybe I just needed like to rekindle, to re-spark or whatever. And it's like, no, your emotions exist because they're, they're reactions to stimulus. Yep. It's chemical. Like you're going to have a reaction to whatever happens in your surroundings, in your life. Yeah relationships with people with jobs with whatever and the worst thing you can do is not give that a voice is not give that the space and the time to like live its truth and then go away yep yeah I think that's a that's a great way to put it it's um (sighs) emotions are helpful and they can also be a lot and just immediately jumping jumping into them or acting because uh, using them as a fuel for your actions is not necessarily the right response always. <laughs> oh, exactly. Well, and and to be honest, like there's lots of people who are prone to feel certain emotions just generally like I'm prone to being sad or feeling like guilty or or like shame or things like that just because of like experiences that I've had in my lifetime and so that emotion comes up for me a lot okay in different situations and um I another thing that my therapist was talking about she was like it's it's kind of like an indicator on your engine light too like being like hey something might be wrong with your car oh that's a good analogy. And it's like, it's just a misfire. It's not necessarily that there's something terribly wrong or that you did something or that this situation, you know, should make you feel guilt or shame or sadness. It's just like, you're prone to feeling that. Yeah. And it's like, okay to be able to recognize, like, in situations of strife, like, I'm going to feel sad, but the person next to me might be angry and the person next to me might be dismissive and removed and like the person next to me might deal with it through humor but like and nobody's wrong no exactly and nobody is wrong but you have to communicate about it you have to be able to name it and be like no this is just how I'm feeling it's good we'll get through it but this is where I'm at right now yeah Okay, so let's let's talk about therapy, actually. Um, so so that that's something that is new to me in my life. Um, I have been well, still under a year, I guess, only about six months. I've been going to therapy now, and it has been like the biggest, best way that I have ever taken care of myself. Um, and I just I like I I don't know what took me so long, <laughs> you know. Well, I think I think. What took me so long was I didn't want to go through the headache of finding a therapist, which I'm sure you can relate to, as you've said that you've had, like, several. Um, I didn't want to go through the headache of finding a therapist. That was the reason that I didn't start earlier. And and the fact that I was letting my pre-anxiety and frustration over finding the right fit, like, stop me from taking any steps is, like, probably 
the reason that I should go. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like... No, exactly. But, you know, like, societally, therapy hasn't become a non-taboo subject until this decade. That's definitely true. Like, we we didn't talk about, you know, therapy. Like, it was a kind of a hushed tone. It was like, oh, so-and-so went to a therapist. And yeah. it's like, even when we were in middle school, like early 2000s, it was still kind of a taboo subject. Yeah, and it's, definitely. it's not even until recently that it's been coming to light that like many, many people go to therapists. Yeah. And, it, and not just for like bad things. No, definitely not. Just like to, you know, feel hurt. Having, having someone like hold space just to listen and sit with you is just an incredibly value, valuable thing. Yes, exactly. And it's, it's, it's like bumpers. Back to bumpers. And training wheels. And like, it's, it's all of the things and like therapists are not crutches they're sounding boards for sure but like they're also there to help you just sort things there's a really beautiful um comic that I saw recently and it's like just two people sitting in chairs across from each other and one of them is like looking exasperated and their little thought bubble is just a bunch of squiggly lines it's Mm -hmm. one squiggly line that's just like completely connected all the way through okay and that squiggly line then leaves their thought bubble and goes over the the other thought bubble and that thought bubble is totally clear except for the one line and the line goes down into the hands of the person in the other chair and they're knitting with it is there to help you take your thoughts unwind them unwind them and put them together in a way that's gonna in a way that's going to make your life have meaning and purpose and make sense that is a beautiful analogy the knitting I really like that I loved it I was like because there's 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 like lots of memes out there of like therapists taking your box and like like your thoughts and organizing them into boxes and things like that but I was like but sometimes the boxes kind of like get kind of gray areas and sometimes you need to like throw things away and it's like, definitely, or you feel like you have to throw things away and that can even feel cluttered. So it's like the idea of like taking your thoughts and taking the things in your life that like maybe don't all add up and make sense and like just essentially word vomiting at another person and they're <laughs> right. like, so what I'm hearing is blank and you're like, oh, and it's like, not necessarily that you were not smart enough to get there on your own. You probably would have gotten there on your own, but it was taken so much longer. Yeah, yeah. Why? You could have gotten there on your own, but why? We don't have to do this alone. We don't have yes. to do life alone. <laughs> and no one no one should try either. No, like, I, I think, though, that that does happen a lot. And I... Um, I do this every single podcast episode. I'm like, I'm going to go ahead and make an umbrella statement now because I'm, I'm always worried that I'm going to say something that offends somebody. But, uh, umbrella statement of this episode is going to be, I do think that that happens more often to men than to women where they convince themselves, no, I do have to do it alone. Yes. And that's just not true. I don't, I, I want everybody to feel 
um, valid enough to ask for help, to know that they deserve to be helped by their family, by their friends, by their therapist, by the community that I want everyone Everyone to feel that way. worthy of the support that they are being offered. Yeah. But I mean, I I know several, um, several men that, uh, you know, have, have had like some mental health problems and like refuse medication or refuse therapy or kind of just, um, not that they're, they're, like, they think that the only way that they'll be strong enough, or they have to prove to themselves that they're strong enough to handle it on their own. And I don't know what that complex is. I don't, I don't want people to feel that way. <laughs> I don't either. And I think as, like, as a, as a learning and growing intersectional feminist that I claim to be, like, nothing upsets me more than knowing that like mental health of our male population has fallen so severely by the wayside to the point where they don't even feel comfortable telling, you know, their, their mothers or their sisters or their partners that they're with, you know, or like, or their friends or, and, and even other men like, Hey, I'm just struggling. I'm having a hard time and I need you to help me out. And it's like, there's just no shame whatsoever in being transparent about yeah. your mental health. There, and like, there shouldn't be. There should not be. And, like, the whatever taboos and, like, weird obsession that our parents' generation had with, like, like doing everything on their own and yeah. figuring it out and keeping it within the family and keeping it hush-hush, like... yeah and not talking about their problems it's like that has only caused harm and a a massive disservice to everyone that's come after them and here we are now like living in a pandemic world and living in like a post 9-11 world and there's just so much there's a there's a lot more prejudice there's a lot more confusion there's a lot more um polarization in like political parties and stuff and it's like um we are all we as our our generation the millennial generation and like anybody who was born after 9-11 we've grown up in a in a society that's been grieving our whole lives and no one talks about it yeah that's true i i hadn't thought of it that way but you're you're very right there's a big difference between um between yeah the the america their parents grew in grew up in and and present day america and i think 9-11 was probably one of the biggest um pillars of that transition Mm -hmm. Hmm. well it's because you know like our parents and their parents are grieving the world that they knew and so are we excuse me so are we because we never got to experience it that's true and our whole society has now built itself on top of this really crumbly and an unstable mental foundation of like grief and sorrow and anger and mistrust of other in whatever capacity that may be. Yeah. Um, because there was such a huge threat in that time period. And I look around now and I just see the 
the spidery fingers of that mistrust and we're starting to see you know the the little bits and pieces like fall away and the filter and the mask is starting to come off and it's like we got to start dealing with our crap and I think you know like the only way we can start as a society dealing with our crap is by we personally dealing with our crap and (laughs) yes hence therapy hence like reaching out for help and hence um what we had kind of touched on before this conversation started too was like being transparent in your everyday life about what's going on with you and instead of being like oh yeah everything's great everything's fine my life is perfect (laughs) here's an instagram filter (laughs) (laughs) exactly well my day has been bad Mm. like I'm depressed Mm -hmm. I'm anxious Mm -hmm. I'm not doing well please send help please send a meme, please send wine, like whatever it is <laughs> yeah. to get you through that moment. Yeah. But the transparency of it, like if, if we don't just unveil, we can't even see the problem. That is such a, such a perfect thing that you just said. And I, I'm, I say it all the time that we need to be honest on our social media. We have to. Yes. It is so important because what what happens is you if if you are only posting the highlight reel of your life and everyone you follow is only posting the highlight reel of their life you are comparing your real life experience to their highlights and mm-hmm. and the and it will always make you feel alone and and different and ashamed and not enough when we all are doing that experience individually individually we couldn't be less alone in that experience and yet it makes you feel so alone exactly exactly and i think there was there was a story that came out in 2016 about a girl who was in college an athlete and like this gorgeous wonderful like seemingly very popular very happy girl okay who killed herself Mm. and she and they they like were looking through all of her social medias to you know find any indication that she wasn't doing well and no one could because she had cultivated such a perfect image no one even knew to ask if she was doing okay right and then and then she had the expectation on herself to live up to that image and that couldn't have felt I mean, what an easy way to make yourself feel unworthy, to have to hold yourself to the the most perfect face you can put on in the best lighting, but as a real person at every moment of every day. Oh, yeah. And, and I mean, I'm guilty of it. I'll, like, you know, go to post something on Instagram and be like, ah, I don't really, that's not really my favorite thing <laughs> that I've ever done. I think that we no. all, we all do that to a, a certain extent. Um... But I, I think that your social media is incredibly um, is incredibly honest. And, I mean, you're a model. You do a lot of photo shoots. Like, a lot of these are, like, professional photos that you post. But um, but they are, they are real photos. And they um, – and, and the captions that you write along with them about, I feel like shit today or whatever. Like, you are, are so honest on your social media. And I think that um, – 
it, it doesn't matter if there's been a post or two that you have decided not to post because that's okay too. You can be as private as you want to be. Exactly. And I think that the balance of, of saying like, I don't want to share this because I'm not ready. Yeah. I'm not emotionally ready to accept help or accept like people reaching out. That's, that's also like understanding yourself. That's part of self care. That's part of like setting boundaries. Sure. We can set boundaries for other people, but if we don't respect boundaries for ourselves of being like, Mm. ah, you know, I've done that before and it didn't end well. So I'm going to set a boundary for myself that I'm not going to allow myself to take that step until I've worked through that problem. For example, like I, as an actor have been in situations where I was not cast in a show. Sure. And (laughs) I know those situations. (laughs) Oh yeah. We've been like, we know the situations and, and in the past I have forced myself to go see the shows that I haven't been cast in uh-huh. for one reason or another. And I always justify it by being like, but I know everybody in the cast, but right. But I want to work there again sometime or right. like whatever. But was that good for me? Like, did I feel good doing that? Did I feel like supported and loved and happy and proud of who I was as a person in that moment? No, mm. I went in and I was miserable. And all I could think the whole time was, well, now I'm mad because I think that I could have done a good job too. And I don't understand why. Yeah. Yeah. Death spiral down, you know? So recently it happened again where I wasn't cast in a show that I really, really wanted. It means a lot to me. And people asked like, are you coming? And I had, I had had the conversation with myself. Like, I don't want to put myself or others through that emotional death spiral. Again. Yeah. That is so totally I'm, fair. And it's like, so I'm not coming. No, no, I'm not. And like, good. those, those people will either get it or they won't. But that's, and it's not that's my responsibility exactly. to explain my personal boundaries. For exactly. Them. Oh yes. Okay. Uh, I've like, my head is racing cause I'm just really excited about <laughs> what you're talking about. But I think that, um, Especially with this particular circumstance, I think that we, um, as performers, as artistic people, um, and especially as women, there is this sense of responsibility of, well, I have to, um, I have to be like, what is, I guess it's humility. It's like, oh, the best way to be humble is to go support my friends, even though it will make me miserable to like watch this show. But maybe what's truly more like humble is, you know, telling, being honest with your friends and saying, I'm not ready to, to go see that show and taking yourself out of the situation instead of suffering for again you know the sake of self-image like oh isn't it so wonderful of Abby to come see the show even though she didn't get cast in it like who cares <laughs> that is well, not and, and let's be let's be perfectly honest like when you are in an audience as a performer and you know that the person sitting next to you really wanted to be in the show that you both are watching yep. and they're not there the only thing you're thinking about the whole time is 
oh, I wonder what they're thinking about. It's true. It's true. It's just a hard and it's an uncomfortable experience for everybody. Yeah, it's like how selfish of me to go see a show where there's a high probability and potential of people focusing on me and like whether or not I'm upset or sad or like yeah gonna like have a poker face or not about like my reactions to the play like why why would I put myself in, why would I put my friends in the situation yeah. of like of people being like oh did you know that Abby's here right right when then we all know that that you know that the Colorado theater and world is just just small enough to ensure it's that that can happen <laughs> and and it's just un, it's just it's sad and it's it's unfortunate that like I have been in situations where I like made the wrong choice and I made the wrong call and it was called out and it was like man there's was no intention of hurt feelings here like I would never intentionally hurt your feelings right but I'm in a bad situation. Like, I'm in a bad situation, and unfortunately, I put myself in it. Right. Well, and that... That's the journey, right? Is is learning mm-hmm. from those moments and mm-hmm. continuing forward in a way that honors yourself better, and knowing that those boundaries and and those, um, you know, the the set of rules or the set of discoveries that you have about yourself are all fluid. They're all adaptable. You can change them or revisit them at any time. But if you know what you need to do to take care of yourself, and it looks a little unconventional. Who cares? Do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. definitely always do it. And if someone wants an explanation, they can ask for it, but you're not required to give it. No. No, you're not. And, like, frankly, I think a big part of, a big problem in in our society with this whole, like, with mental health and as well as like self-care and like knowing yourself and setting boundaries and things like that is also knowing like when your intentions are selfish in a negative connotation and selfish in a positive connotation. So like, okay. If I selfishly need to do something, that's a boundary. For example, going to the ship, not going to a play okay. because I know that it's going to upset me. That's a, that's a positive selfish act. Yes. Yes. I'm going to be better off mentally and the people around me are going to be better off mentally and we can go about our lives without having problems. Right. But like if I go see a play when if I don't respect that boundary and I go see a play and somebody at the play asks me for feedback knowing that I'm not going to be able to give them a very Okay. Nice response. Okay. That's a really negative, selfish thing. Because they are asking me to do something that I'm uncomfortable with. And it's going to hurt both of us in the long run. And they're only asking for it because they want me to lie or they want me to do a certain thing. And it's like, that's just not fair. No, it's not fair. you, You shouldn't be putting people for your own whatever it is for your own personal gain so that you have something to like be angry about or whatever or blame or whatever you shouldn't be putting yourself and others in this like negative 
space because it's only going to cause worse problems and worse rifts in in the long run well okay let me let me ask you this because i i really appreciate your stance on setting boundaries for yourself and i've heard you say several times now you know it's not your responsibility how people react to that or you don't owe them an explanation or um you know you uh i want to know what is the best and most supportive thing that someone can do for you when you verbalize a boundary? I think, like, first you, first accepting the boundary. Okay. Be like, okay, I, I totally, I, I accept that boundary. And it's like, without judgment. And if they need an explanation, if they're like, you know, I'm really struggling to understand. Right. I'm not. I'm not going to push you on this, but, like, would you be willing to give me an explanation for this? Sure. So it's, it's, like, it's kindness first. The important first. thing is knowing that, like, it's a yes-no question. Right. It's not a, like, the person that the boundary is set for, whether it be, like, within a relationship or for yourself, like... And as you communicate that boundary to others, like, unless it's between, it, it just has to do with the relationship. Like, if sure. I, if person A sets a boundary for person B, person B can probably talk about that boundary with them and be like, oh, let's discuss the boundary. But person C doesn't get to know the explanation of Sure, the sure. Yeah, I think that's definitely fair. I think that's and definitely like, fair. If person A sets a boundary for themselves... And then communicates the boundary to other that's like, hey, you know, I've just noticed some things within myself and so I'm not going to be doing this from now on. Yep. Um, if person B or person C is like upset about that, they can ask, but that doesn't mean that person A is oh, owes them a response. Right. Well, I think, I think that... Um... You know, it's a very natural thing to be curious, especially when someone is daring so boldly to do something like say, hey, this makes me uncomfortable. I'm not going to participate in it because that's, that's so abnormal still for some reason. Um, I think that it, it's natural to be curious, but the key is to be kindness first and then curiosity. If you If you go... Uh, curiosity, I need my answer, I need you to explain this to me, and then once I understand it, I can be kind and accepting of it. That's not the supportive route. The supportive route is kindness first, and then if it's appropriate to ask or, you know, indulge your curiosity around it, okay, like, be, and the person will be more receptive to that because you were kind about it. Exactly. And to be frank, like, human nature is to share, like, yeah. we will tell. We will always, I don't know, a single person <laughs> who, like, when met with kindness is going to be like, thanks, period, send, like, never speak of it again. Right. They're going to be like, thank you. And if you need an explanation, feel free to reach out to me right. at another time. Let's talk about it sometime. Let's get a drink. Let's get coffee. You know, like. Yeah. When, when. Like, if if I'm struggling with an abuse, or not abuse, um, abusive substance problem. Okay. And I'm like, hey, 
you know, I've noticed that I'm struggling with this thing, so, um, and I don't tell them exactly what it is. It's like, I'm just struggling right now, so I've decided to put a boundary up for myself that I'm not going to be drinking anymore, and I'm going to be home by 9 p.m. every night. Okay. If I say that to person B, and person B responds to me with, well, why? Right. Right. My response is probably going to be like, uh, none of your business. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. um, Just because. But if person B responds with, oh, okay, that sounds great. Thanks for letting me know so Mm -hmm. that, like, if we have late plans or we're going to be doing this or doing that, I can, like, inform you beforehand. Like, hey, Abby, we're having a get-together at my house. It's going to be a lot of booze. Are you comfortable coming? Right. Right. Yeah, I think Like, if that happens, then I can be like, yes or no. And most likely... The per the I would be like yeah yeah and if you need to talk with me about this boundary let's talk about it sometime yeah yeah when it's it's interesting that you brought up alcohol too because alcohol has been a very like prevalent um just part of my self discovery and self work lately um just like recognizing my relationship with it and like questioning things and understanding things but I think um. I think that I thought that alcoholism was, like, totally black or white. And I'm kind of starting to learn that, well, I mean, I I don't really know. I I, I think there is a version of it that is black and white. I I do. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think that, uh, what am I trying to say? Okay, I, I... thought that I might be an alcoholic for a couple of months and so I stopped drinking and I really started thinking about it and working on it and like working through it and I realized that I'm not but that doesn't mean that I don't sometimes have problems controlling the way that I drink Mm -hmm. (laughs) do you know what I mean like there is a black and white version of alcoholism that I don't fit into but that doesn't mean that this isn't something that I really need to like know about myself and and care um care about and care for myself as I work through, you know? Exactly. Well, and the self-awareness that comes with being able to recognize that is something that is lost in the sauce a lot of times. Like, people don't want to admit when they have a problem, so they won't. Right. They just ignore it. Right. And it's like, I think think I've been in a similar situation with alcohol before as well, where I've, like, you know, been drunk every weekend for a couple months and then I kind of sat with myself and I was like this can't be healthy like this isn't right right and I don't necessarily like it I don't like myself in those situations so maybe I should stop and then like you know the like shame and guilt and like negative feelings but that's all part of like sitting with yourself and being like oh hold up yeah, yeah. What do I want my Hold life up. to be like? This is like the bumpers. This is the emotions. And like, like for example, like what really made me realize was like I had had a really big night partying and I blacked out. And then I woke up the next day and was like, that was awful. And I never want to do that again. Let's yep. reevaluate this situation. There you go. Instead of being like, wow, I'm so embarrassed and I'm going to push it down and deny it and pretend it's not happening. Right. It's like I recognized that this emotion was coming up for me. And I was like, oh, 
what is this emotion telling me to do? It's telling me to go back. It's telling me to look at what happened last time. Mm -hmm. It's bouncing me back towards the event so that I can look at it and evaluate it and keep going down my, my path. Yeah. And it's like, we don't like doing that. It's not fun. No. Just like in situations of like relationships, like if I've done something to hurt somebody and I have a lot of guilt and shame and anger and whatever that's coming up and I'm having a hard time getting over that moment in time, I probably need to go back and reevaluate. And I can. I can go back and I can reevaluate the situation and be like, hmm, you know what, Abby? That was not, that wasn't it. That wasn't the right thing to do. Yeah. Sometimes the, the things that are apologize. hard. Yeah. The things that are hard to think about are sometimes the things that are really important to think about. Exactly. And like, as I'm going back through and I like, you know, hit that th- hit that little emotional bumper that's like, ooh, that's a twinge. That makes me not super happy. I'm going to bounce back into this, this moment for a second and see what I can do next time to do better. And then I'll apologize for what happened and keep moving forward and yeah. hopefully have learned something from it and like learned yeah. the lesson. And I think, you know, the whole, the, the whole self care movement, self love movement that started within the last decade mm-hmm. has been so impactful and so beautiful and so p- empowering but I think there have been places where it misses the mark just a little bit. Okay. In, in that, like, a lot of it focuses on, like, you know, like, treat yourself and, like, do oh. your nails and go to the spa and make sure you relax and, like, sure. do these things. But when I think of self-care, I think of, you know, we all live with our little demons and our little moments of, like, there's that TikTok trend going around. It's like, when I remember that I did blank and it's like, I'm like twinging, twinging at the thought of it. Okay. We all live with those yeah. moments. Yeah. And it's like, if you haven't worked through that, there's going to be so many of them. And then you just live with this shame and guilt and, and pain and these sad memories that you grieve yeah. and they hit, your emotional bumpers and kind of send you off. And like, I still have moments, you know, from like when I was a kid that I'll be like, Oh, that was awful. Sure. Well, I I think, yeah, we all have through it. Yeah. And it's like the best thing I can do, do for myself is to go back and look at it and be like, well, what can I learn from that situation? It's true. So that I don't repeat it in the future, or at least I'm self-aware to know that this is habitual for me, and I can hopefully stop the behavior or set a boundary for myself so that I don't put myself in those situations anymore. Mm -hmm. Because we... Oh, go ahead. Oh, and then then how do I forgive myself for what happened so that I can move forward? Yes, that's a huge part of it. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that... uh, Everybody does things that they, you know, regret or feel uncomfortable about or, you know, we've all said the wrong thing or done the wrong thing or gotten too drunk or accidentally hurt someone's feelings or purposely hurt someone's feelings. Like, we're people. We have all done stuff like that. And looking back on it isn't comfortable because 
not not liking yourself or not feeling proud of your actions is an uncomfortable thing, but it's a necessary thing in order to like you just said, learn from that and and determine the cycles and the patterns and be able to adapt and grow and move forward in a way that you can like yourself and be proud of your actions. Mhm. It's Yeah. And like how do you how do you love yourself if you can't forgive your faults? Yeah. If you yeah. can't love and accept your faults and flaws and forgive them like as a part of you as something that you will live with and you will continue to live with and like how do how do you expect yourself to fall in love with yourself you know like it's true how can, how do you say to your followers or how do you say to your friends be like well you have to love yourself and it's like like yeah obviously but I'm not gonna love myself in like a fairy tale romance novel book kind of way like I want to love myself in like a really unconditional and like fierce way yeah that on my worst days I can look in the mirror and be like listen bitch like (laughs) you suck today (laughs) but I love you anyway and I really want you to get it together yep yep I think that the those are the mirror conversations that I that I aspire to have on my bad days yes, <laughs> instead exactly. of just like avoiding the mirror. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I, and I appreciate and love like the idea of, you know, like, like affirmations on the mirror. I do that all the time. Yeah. Like sticky yeah. notes that are like, me too. I am a, I am a badass. I am strong. I am fierce. Like that's great. But on your worst days, when you haven't showered in six days, and you <laughs> are, disgusting and you're wearing the same pjs over and over and over and you haven't taken them off and it's been like days in your house and you won't see anybody and you won't talk to anybody and you just like keep watching gilmore girls over and over and over (laughs) like and then you emerge and you like look at yourself and you're like oh no like (laughs) Those little sticky notes, they aren't going to do anything for you. They're not going to do anything. Because you're not going to believe any of them. But, like, if I can can look at myself in that moment and be like, oof, little rough around the edges, girl, (laughs) but, like. (laughs) Yeah, I think, um, I I did actually, I read in a psychology book not that long ago, um, was talking about exactly that, was talking about, like, basically over over affirming like putting affirmations that you don't actually believe and then it actually has the negative effect of making you feel worse about yourself because they're unrealistic you know yes like putting you know I I don't know writing an affirmation on your mirror that is like you know I am fearless right like putting that on your mirror when you don't feel that or you're not ready to feel that or you you haven't taken one step on that path and you your first step is just big bold I am fearless on the bathroom mirror that is going to be an intimidating black hole of anxiety that greets you every day (laughs) and instead yeah instead finding something that is going to give you the message of fearlessness that is softer and more respectful to where you are on your journey right now, you know? Yes. And, like, I think something that's been brought up a lot recently in, um, 
like body positivity mm-hmm. circles and um and and self affirmation circles is the idea of like toxic positivity. Yeah. This, like this idea that you know like on your worst day being like yes I'm I'm a I'm a bad bitch and I'm so great and I'm all these things even though you don't feel it mm-hmm. causes a lot of resentment for you definitely like internally and it, it causes a lot of like um kind of uh what's the word I'm looking for um like satirical humor and it's it's sarcastic it's like it's not it's not sincere yeah and like if I can't look at myself sincerely mm-hmm. and be like yes you beautiful, strong, independent woman, congratulations, <laughs> you got out of bed today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for real. Great, good job, you brushed your hair, wow, <laughs> but like, really good job, you did it, if I can't say that to myself, and I'm like, feeling gross, and having an emotional reaction to feeling gross, and all I say to myself in the mirror is like, oh yes, hot mama. Right. Like, it's not I'm actually helpful. I'm going to say that again later one day, and it's going to feel like sarcasm, and it's yeah. not going to feel sincere, and I'm never going to be able to believe that for it's myself. True. It's true. You have like to meet yourself where you're at. And it's it's so important in in that, like, the idea of being honest with your surroundings and being honest with yourself of, like, where am I at? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think – um. We have a tendency to, like, kick ourselves when we're down, too. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, oh, like, I look like shit. I've had a bad day. Like, I'm really tired. I'm hungover. Like, I've been crying. Like, whatever. Uh, and you, like, look in the mirror and your first thing is like, oh, God, get your life together. Like, what are you doing? Um, when instead, like, that reaction, like, if, if you, you would never greet a friend like that. You know, if, if, if a friend showed up in the mirror and looked sad or like they'd been crying or like they, you know, were tired or whatever, you would, oh, how can I help you? What do you need? Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's the way we need to be showing up for ourselves. It's not, yep. okay, you got 10 minutes, get your shit together, you got to go to work. It should be like, oh my gosh, I am struggling and it's apparent. Like, how can I, you know, how can I use this 10 minutes to care for myself because then I still have to go to work, I guess. <laughs> exactly. Well, and, and like, I, I also have, I, I watch so much, I watch so much content that has to do with, you know, self-love and mental health and things like that. And yeah. there was a video that went viral recently or a couple years ago or something that was like two best friends sitting across from each other. Um, and they had to, they had to say right out, their like thoughts about themselves and then they had to read them to their best friend as if they were saying them to their best friend okay and it's like horrible stuff yeah horrible horrible stuff yeah and and that that like really influenced me in a lot of ways um in my self-talk because I was like oof that's so true like I would never you would never I would never look at my anybody even even people I don't like right right you fat cow like I would never <laughs> no. I could never no no and we are um, it's it's so easy to jump to being um to talking to yourself that way which is disgusting yeah. and 
Um, and, and yes, the toxic positivity is totally the other end of the spectrum, but there, there is a better solution than, you know, either, either one of those extremes. Yep. And I think like things that have worked for me have been like when I'm having those moments of like, wow, this has just been the worst day and I catch a glimpse in the mirror, I like <laughs> accidentally open my phone on selfie mode and <laughs> underneath my chin and I'm like, no, it's more of like a... Like, oh, baby, oh, baby girl, what you doing? How are we? What's going on? Like, and, and it makes me laugh, you know? Yeah. Like, it's a silly thing. It's like, oh, no, 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 what's going on? But I think that's, that's a like, beautiful... Like, let's check in, shall we? And like... Oh, my God. We have all opened the front-facing camera without expecting it and, like, shocked ourselves. I feel like I've sent you that meme that's, like, when you open the front-facing camera and it's just Ursula emerging from the depths. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, like, it's so terrifying. It's like, oh, my gosh, no. It's completely true. Oh, God. Um, but, but, like, that's, I think that's been my, my goal is, like, not even to speak the way I would if I saw someone who was, like, in major distress um, to myself, but to find, like, the, the happy medium of yes. that, like, kind of, kind of funny, like, kind of way of talking that's like, oh, oh, boy. <laughs> Hey, hey, how's it going? Hey, do you want to check in? I what do we need that. right now? Like, do we need to get some water? Do we need some this? Like, I think that because is then you, great. You have like a, a more positive self talk. It's it's more of like a oh oh boy, here we are. Let's not a like <laughs> scolding, like get your crap together, but more of like a oh oh honey, oh this yeah. is bad. Oh let's 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 do something to make us feel better. Yes. Let's have some water. Let's yes. <laughs> eat a treat. Let's put on some clothes. Let's <laughs> let's wash our face. Like let's do something nice. Yeah. Well, actually, so that and we we are like pretty much out of time already over time, but that's that's cool. Um that actually kind of lends into the the last question that I want to ask, and it is something that I, I ask everybody that comes on the podcast, um, and that is if you have a concrete tip, like an actionable item that people can implement into their daily lives to manage their daily lives and their stress and their bullshit. I would say that my concrete tip is to get rid of the the generic responses to the question how are you today oh like that's a bold when somebody one. asks you like how are you today I'm like fine. give them an honest answer <laughs> wow because like, if it's like we were saying earlier like society as a whole has to be better about this and like if we all start answering in a way that's not so flippant and not so dismissive and that like requires the asker to be prepared to hear the answer then like wow we'll all just be better off so my challenge and my tip would be 
rid of the generic phrases. And if you're doing fine, you can say, like, oh, I'm fine. Right, but like, right. But mean but it. Like, oh, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. When something is wrong. Or, like, oh, I'm fine when you have great news that you really want to share with somebody. Right. Right. Is, like, just be honest about where you're at in that moment. And it's okay to... It's really okay to admit when you're struggling. And it's really okay to admit when you're celebrating. I think and that's like, a brilliant tip. Because that's that's something that we're all victims of. Is the, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. Oh, I'm good. Or whatever you're used to saying. And you just cruise right through it. But instead, like, you know, oh, I'm I'm hanging in there. But today's been weird. Like, that, it doesn't have to be a horribly negative thing. Or you don't have to, you know, um... It does. It doesn't have to be like an aggressive thing, but it. But just an honest response is. <laughs> yeah. Why aren't we more honest with each other, and why aren't we more honest with ourselves? Yeah, it's like we've we've kind of built conversational, like society around this very kind of banal way of speaking. That's like, how are you? Fine. How are you? Fine. And it's mm-hmm. just like silly. When, like, if I ask someone, like, how are you today? And they're like, man, I am ticked off. <laughs> Immediately, I am with them. Yeah. I am like, tell me everything. <laughs> I want to be ticked off with you. Yeah. Or they're like, I ha- I'm having the best day. I'm like, like, good, tell me all about it. Right. Or, like, you know, honestly, I'm just, like, I'm just struggling. And, like okay, how can I help? Like, yeah. do you want help? Are you in a place to receive and accept help right now? And then, like, for me, if somebody's asking me, like, hey, how are you doing? Oh, man, I'm busy. Let me tell you about it. <laughs> you sure? That's, that's like, how I answered the phone tonight. <laughs> I was like, yeah, hey, I'm okay, like, I'm busy. I'm, <laughs> I'm so busy, but I love it. And it's like, or, you know, like, hey, how are you doing? Dude, I'm stressed. I'm so stressed, mm-hmm. but I'm so glad to talk to you. And it's like... I, I just think that that's the, my favorite answer to that question is be honest when people ask how you're doing. That's It's crazy that that's such a radical thing. <laughs> oh, right? Answer a question honestly is a radical new idea. <laughs> yep. Well, and... And something, and I'll leave this here as well, is I have been kind of cultivating this this catchphrase for the past couple of years, but, like, kindness kindness is based in honesty. Kindness and like, is based in honesty. Kindness is based in honesty. So, like, if we are trying to be more kind as human beings, the, mo- the least we can do is just be honest with people. Mm-hmm. Which means sometimes it's not going to be the nice, politically correct answer. Okay. But, like, at least you're being honest. You're not wasting their time with BS. Yeah, that is that like is a kind thing, actually. Offering someone honesty and, and, I mean, honesty is a great way to show someone that you respect them. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's, kindness is is such an all-encompassing thing and I think it gets misconstrued with niceness a lot Ah. but I think like being nice being nice is an action but like being kind becomes part of the fabric of how you interact with people Hmm. like when you make that the point of 
your interactions. And it, it's based in honesty. It's based in transparency. And so if you're honest with yourself, then you're more apt to being honest with the people around you. And wow. if you're honest with the people around you and they're expecting the honesty, then the kindness can come through easier too. Those like selfless things, those like sweet things, those random acts of kindness, those, mm-hmm. those, those things, the barrier is broken because the, the honesty is already happening. So yeah. you don't have to feel awkward about having these like nice, kind, loving, unconditional like moments with people because the the barrier is broken. Yeah, You're yeah. With yourself, who is honest with the people around them, and therefore you can spread the kindness around as well. But like when you're just superficially nice, yeah, it's different. And you're not. It's just totally different. It's and so I think you know, the step toward the step towards a better society is being honest. I think that is just an incredible answer and. Thank you for that and for this, for for being here and taking your time um, to talk about things that don't get talked about often enough. Well, I am just, I'm pleased as punch to be here. (laughs) I was so honored. I loved, I love talking with you in general, but this is just like really cool that you thought of me. So thank you. Of course, of course. Oh, all right. Well, we will we will leave it there. But but thank you to my guest, uh, Abby Kachaver, for hanging out tonight and talking about self care and mental health and honesty. Um, thank you for listening and for for being here on the on the other end. I almost said the other end of the microphone. I don't think that's how that works. The other end of your headphones or ho- however I'm. However you're hearing me right now, thank you for being here. Um, This episode is going to come out on the 15th, so I will see you at the end of the month. Until next time.